0: I think I've said every week that I've sat here, we've got a long way to go, um, and that doesn't change. Um, you know, we're still at nine games in, or whatever we are, you know, the beginnings of building something, and it, it'd be so much easier for me to sit here and say, yeah, we're a great team, but what I'm saying is that we have to improve, which puts that responsibility upon me to make sure we do. So, you know, we can be better. Absolutely, we can. The reason that I'm here is because you know the club is seeking change. He said, "Well, whether you come or not, you're going to see a complete different first team under me." You know, my hope and my desire, and what I'm going to try and do is give our supporters hope and, and belief that we're, um, you know, we're going to embark on something special.
1: Welcome into the Tottenham Depot. I am your host, Andrew. This is episode 148, we've got a couple of Tottenham Hotspur victories to talk about on a slightly delayed vi- version of the depot coming to you on a Monday night after Spurs defeat Fulham 2-0 at home on a Monday evening. Uh, we've also got Spurs women to talk about. They come up with a 4-2 victory over the weekend over Aston Villa. Uh, exciting times in N17, exciting times. Alongside me to talk about it is Caroline. She is at CG Stefco, Kaz. How are you on this fine Monday? We're all very thrown off by doing a podcast on a Monday, but how are you on this fine Monday?
0: Oh, I'm good. You know, it was a very exciting weekend. Um, You know, for those of us who are heavily invested in the USL playoffs, um, there were some intense, intense times to be had. But I also have really enjoyed what we've gotten from Spurs over the last three days.
1: Yeah, it has been really, really fun to watch. Ah, uh, Dakota is also with us at Dakota J. Booth. The Prodigal Son returns. Uh, how are you on this fine Monday, sir?
2: Well, as Sonny responded with, "Asked how does it feel being top of the league?" Not too bad, no. Not um, too bad, indeed. Yeah, and you, Andrew, you talked about us being a little, a little bit late. Uh, you know, the trains in in London, as we almost found out on our trip back in uh, when was that May.
1: March, April, but March.
2: Yeah. Thank you. That's been a minute. Uh, those trains don't run very late as we almost found out, but Condom Depot train runs just fine a little bit late. So thanks for bearing with us. And uh we have to wait on our club, but you won't have to wait on us.
1: Yeah, no, no question about it. And next week will be weird too, because we'll be doing an earlier pod than usual Uh because uh, Spur's, this this schedule it's very very bizarre like spurs playing spurs not being in europe this year okay we've come to grips with that we figured one game a week but all of a sudden we're thrust into a week where we have a monday game and a friday game it's very very bizarre uh so we will be coming to you a little bit earlier than usual next weekend but for this weekend we're coming to you later than usual you're just you're getting all the tottenham depot in your feed this week just be grateful um and and you know we'll, we'll go with it from there um Guys, let's jump in on this this match because th- that's what we're going to talk about. We're going to talk about soccer this week. We- we've got two fun fun matches to talk about. Um, Spurs are flying on both the men's and women's side. Uh, let's start with what we just watched today. Uh, Spurs come out of the international break. They've got to wait all weekend. Um, a bunch of teams around them, and then in, in ta- you know they went into that inter- international break top of the table. A bunch of teams around them, you know, jump above them bri- briefly, but Spurs right back to it two 0 over Fulham. Um, the only real change in this game that we kind of knew would be happening with Yves Basuma on the red card suspension would be in that midfield. And it was Pierre-Emile Hoibier to come in. Um, you know, Ange talked a little bit about Pierre after the match and, and liked his performance. Um, I was kind of indifferent about it. I'm not trying to to dig Pierre out, but it, it, it's definitely a different type of match when Pierre is playing versus Basuma. But Caroline, what, what did you make of, of this 11 and... Um, and, and even some of the substitutes. I mean, we got, we got plenty of, of substitute action, five subs used, of course, probably with an eye to the fact that there are only three full-off days this week ahead of another game on Friday, right?
0: Right. I don't think we were expecting to see any changes to the starting lineup, except for obviously the forced one uh, with the red card. And you know, I, I thought Pierre played fine. I don't think he necessarily did enough to, to claim that starting spot, per se. Um, and he still makes me very nervous in some defensive situations. But I do like what he offers going forward, um, to be fair. Um, otherwise, I think with the, the substitutions that we had later in the game, like a couple of those were kind of pre-planned, apparently with Destiny Udogi and Papsar both having some like fatigue from the international break, um, so it's it's good to hear that those weren't like injury situations because I was a little worried about that in the moment. Um, but I liked having that kind of total overhaul of the forward line towards the end of the game, and I I don't know that any of the players who came on were like exceptional. Um, I think Brennan Johnson perhaps looked the best out of out of the three that came on pretty late on in the game. Um, but otherwise, I felt like we had pretty solid performances from everybody and a few players who were just really a cut above. Um, Vicario, especially, I thought had a really good game.
1: Yeah, I'm glad you brought up the SAR one because I even wrote down in my notes while watching this game um, a little bit on delay. I had to get home from work today and flipped on the DVR. But um, I even wrote down in my notes, oh, oh no, is SAR hurt? Because we've already dealt with the Ibisuma, you know, missing. Oh, what, if, what if you got to subsar out now for the next game but no it did appear that this was all just like rotational stuff and again with an eye ahead to friday's match um dakota what did you make of this 11 i mean this this was this to me felt as if it was just very and i've used this term a lot with spurs this season but very workmanlike. like it was just very kind of standard we're gonna go out we're gonna play the way we play we're gonna press the hell out of you and we're gonna see what happens and that's kind of what spurs did in this match right
2: yeah, we've got kind of a double-edged sword, right? We get the late game coming off of this international break, so we get a couple extra days. But then we only get the 3 days rest and we have to go right back at it on Friday. So, um good good use of of rotation from Ange and um good showing from the guys that that did come on. They didn't cost us anything. They tried to, um I think <laughs> especially in the last five minutes or so. Uh, but Caroline brought up how well Guglielmo Vicario played today. He's probably the man of the match, right? Fulham wins the game if he is, you know, 10% worse. Um, so uh, I think it's a good a good chance for some of these guys. Giovanni Lo Celso coming back, not played for us in like a month. So getting some minutes, Brennan Johnson getting some minutes in the leg after his injury. I really hope we see Brian Heel play on Friday. Uh, I hope he get, gets some minutes in his legs. Um, but I think today went as well as we possibly could have hoped for in terms of let's score a couple goals, let's be solid defensively, let's get guys off the pitch and save, save their, their fatigue. Because even though we don't have any Europe and there's no cup competitions going on, is a little packed this week. So um, I thought the 11 was great. Dan Kulisevsky has to have like six lungs, not just four, six at this point. And probably an extra set of legs that he switches out at some point during the week. I don't know how this guy is still playing as many minutes as he is, um, which is maybe which is part of the reason I hope Brian Keel gets some minutes. Um, not just because I love Brian Keel, but because I also love Dan Kulisevsky and we need him as fresh as he can be which maybe means uh coming off in the 75th minute uh on Friday.
1: I think I just blacked out. Did you just say we have four lungs? We have two lungs, Dakota. You need to go back to medical school, my friend.
2: No, 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 like, you know, if somebody run is able to run a lot, you know, the normal expression is he's got four lungs. Okay, but I, I totally Dan, blacked
1: out and I didn't hear anything you said after. I think Deon has four lungs instead <laughs> of uh, Never mind. Um, no, yeah. I'm glad, I'm glad you shouted cool. out. I'm glad both of you shouted out Guglielmo Vicario. God, why do I even try to pronounce his first name? Uh, I'm glad you both try shouted out Vicario because I did think he was incredible. He did have that one little wobble in the second half where he gave the ball away and just almost just completely. He almost Hugo Lloris all over the field. Let's just put it like that, uh, which we have not seen him really do this season but i did think he was great i don't think he was the man of the match but i did think he was great he made a couple the good thing about spurs this season really when we when we when we get down to brass tacks is that each match that this team goes out and wins there are four five candidates for man of the match and that's that's kind of the cool thing if you look at like you know a bunch of rating service you'll see madison you'll see sun you'll see you know Vicario. for me, the man of the match was Christian Romero. I just thought he was so incredibly solid at the back. He was, um, he and he and Vandevin, the thing that I've noticed that the two of them do so well as a pairing is that they cover for one another. If the other one is up the other, and, and that's what you're supposed to do, obviously as a, as a center back pairing, but these guys are so in sync. You never see, you don't see what you, what we've been seeing for, like the last handful of years with someone like Eric Dyer, where if he gets out of position, he's expecting someone. And I'm not trying to dig out Eric Dyer here, obviously, but like we've seen a lot of miscommunication in the center back realm. And just a lot of what we always used to refer to as, you know, mistake football. And we haven't seen a lot of that with these two guys in place. And, you know, to be fair, the fullbacks have played well defensively too in, in that, in that space. Um, I just think it's been really good. And Romero, really, really stood out to me today as, as that dude, he was just all over the place.
0: Yeah. I think that's a good shout though, about every game. It's really been a team effort and, you know, having several standouts, we're not the Harry Kane team anymore, uh, which Sonny kind of subtly alluded to in his post game, which cracked me up. Um, But I, I think honestly, it's a good thing and it makes our performances feel a lot more sustainable. Over the course of the season, because I know that was something like early last season, we kind of all knew it wasn't built to last. (laughs) We wanted it to, but it was never going to. So I think I'm feeling a lot more reassured about the long term this season, just because we're getting contributions all across the pitch. Like at different times, you know, we may have better performances from the attackers, sometimes from the defenders, but it all has just balanced out uh, to lead us to be top of the league.
1: Well, and it's really funny, like, yes, Hyunmin Sun can can allude to the fact that we're no longer the Harry Kane team. That's because we're the Hyunmin Sun team now. Like, this dude is is stirring the drink. Um, A goal and an assist in this match, and yes, I'm glad he... I'm glad Ange Postacago was able to pull him uh, off the pitch after, you know, about 80 or so minutes. Uh, same with James Madison, because these two guys just... They, I, they, they might as well just wear chef's hats out on the pitch because they're cooking constantly, Dakota.
2: It is quite incredible um the the link up that these guys have already. And I Rodrigo Bensonker still is not in this midfield, and we saw some incredible uh link up play from him and James Madison in training videos this week. Um so Yeah, if they've already got their chef's hats on because they're cooking so much, we're going to have to invest in coats pretty soon also, um, because it's only going to get better. And, you know, I I think with the confidence that is surging through the squad right now, the quote from, from Sonny that stood out to me was, everyone here knows what it means to play for Tottenham. And... You know, if we're talking about subtle digs, that's about as deep of a dig as I think you can get, um, because it kind of implies that not everybody that was here appreciated playing for Tottenham as much as the people who are here currently do. And, you know, if a, if a leader or two leaders maybe aren't super stoked about <laughs> playing in, in our colors, that can really affect some morale and maybe that's the biggest thing that we've, we've seen. Um, and it's just, you know, this perfect mixture of Ange coming in, he's a breath of fresh air. You've got a couple of guys come in that really feel like they're puzzle pieces in where, where we've had gaping holes the last few years, and they're not just good puzzle pieces that fit, but they're good players that make everyone around them better too. Um, yeah it, it's really exciting right now the That tip of the spear in the midfield is a little maybe not really worrying, but who else is going to be there? um you know we all are going to hope that it's Giovanni lacellso didn't necessarily look like it today, but like I said, he's not played for a month, so let's give him let's give him a few more runouts and let's see what he can do. um Dan Kulisevsky kind of looks like he slots right in there and is pretty uh formidable also though
1: what what was your guys thoughts on on richarlison in this game i thought that his his pressing look th- th- this game to me was just all about the press i mean that's what the, the two goals that 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 spurs were able to grab in this match came off of just pure relentless untethered pressing and a lot of that is done by richarlison But for me, it's the on the ball skills still with Richarlison that I that's leaving more to be desired. And we've this has been a theme throughout the entire season, Caroline. But like when Richarlison's on the ball, I'm never sure exactly what he's going to do with it, if anything, until he's just going to pretend like he got kicked and go down to the ground because that that'll happen too. But when the other team has the ball, he is constantly up in people's business trying to force a mistake. And he was able to do that multiple times in this match and multiple times it led to goal-scoring opportunities that were either executed on or nearly executed on.
0: Yeah, I was really uh, shocked to hear today that he has four assists for us this season in all comps. I think it was. Um, it, it seems like he's been much more effective as like a playmaker out on the wing rather than, obviously, we know Sun has taken the striker position and ran away with it. So that's probably wasn't going to change anyway, but I I do think when we saw him playing striker in previous games, it didn't seem like it was quite working for him right now. And I think a large part of that is that his finishing has just been pretty terrible. (laughs) Like there's no other way to put it. And I don't know if it's just like a case of the yips or what's going on, but it's, I don't know. It's really frustrating to see because he's a player that I really like, you know, on a personal level, but it's something is clearly off. So I think it's, it could be time for Brennan Johnson now that he's fit to kind of get a run of games and perhaps having a little bit of pressure on him might, I don't know, get something working, but yeah, I don't know. I, I don't have any answers about Richarlison.
1: Dakota, would you fear? I, I know I would, would you fear losing Richarlison's pressing ability if Brennan Johnson were starting ahead of him right now?
2: Um, no, because I think Brennan Johnson is as good of a presser. Um, what I do think Richarlison brings is chaos, which is exactly like it, it's weird to say, but Richarlison's best attribute is probably the chaos that he brings. Which it's it's almost
1: like Angeball colon chaos, like that, exactly. and that is kind of that's a big part of it.
2: Right, it's exactly what what Ball is, and it, it's it, it's a good piece of of our play right now. Um, so I, I was curious, Caroline, while you were looking, so I, I checked. Charleston has four hundred seventy five minutes played in the Premier League this year, three goal, the uh, three assists, one goal. So he's averaging a goal a goal oh, contribution, and, and, and four
1: and four assists after today though.
2: No, th- including today. Uh, oh, four that includes in all today. Comp. Interesting. Okay. Yeah, it's four okay. four in all because he had an assist in the cup game, I think. Um, so four goal contributions in 475 minutes. He's averaging goal contribution every, what is that, 100 and whatever minutes, 112 minutes, um, which is okay.
1: Yeah, it's I, I not bad at all. The,
2: yeah, I think it's fine, um, especially with James Madison being able to pick up some of the goal contributions. Um, and then if you got your center back, and Cootie Romero scoring worldies every every now and then, um, that helps too. So I I think Brennan Johnson probably adds to the goals and assists, uh, which we obviously need. But having someone like Richarlison being able to being able to to start those matches, cause chaos for sixty minutes, and then bring on someone with the pace and the skill of Brennan Johnson for the last thirty minutes to run at tired legs is what we kind of hoped we were going to get out of Lucas Mora and we never did. And hopefully Brennan Johnson can, can be that and a step more. And I suspect that Ange Postecoglou thinks much of the same.
0: You know, the interesting thing is that, you know, I'm sitting here thinking it's okay if Richarlison is not producing as many goals, as long as Sonny and Madison keep firing. But we've also had a situation today in this game where, Kulisovsky kind of had the opposite problem of Richarlison. He wasn't even taking the shots.
1: That was, that was, um, that was very really frustrating.
0: Yeah. Like several times I was thinking, why on earth is he passing the ball in this situation? Like he should be shooting. And I don't feel like we saw that kind of hesitance from him last season. So I'm not sure where that came from either. Uh, perhaps some work for our sports psychologist um, to do with our wingers this week. But yeah, I think it's it's probably a good thing that Sun has been on such a hot streak. Um, it's kind of masking that, that lack of goals coming from the wingers.
2: Yeah, certainly. I, I think Dan has a little bit of uh, confidence issue. It sounds weird because he's playing so well from our perspective. But the, this guy's a goal scorer. He is what he used to do. That's what he likes to do. And his left foot curler is not quite. Picking out the those corners like he's used to. So, um, well, he refuses he to use one. his right foot.
1: I mean, that's that's the wild part. He he he's he's, he's like the inverted uh, goal.
2: The one time. Okay, but except yeah, for the one time I hear, what you but say. yeah, yeah, it, it's it's except very much like Destiny one.
1: Adogi. It's like Destiny Adogi though. Like on the left side, he he that that guy is only using his left foot. Uh, he he, he had one instance today where he went to dribble inside of a player. And was like refusing to put the ball on his right foot to, to move inside. He just was using the, the 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 left foot and dragging the ball along with him with his left. And I was like, my dude, there's two of them there for a reason. Use them both.
2: I love that we're having this conversation on the anniversary of Eric Lamella's Rabona in the European. Yeah, League. it's, it's a great like, point.
1: <laughs> here it's we are. Like, the some most, things
2: never change
1: <laughs> the most. I'm only going to use my left foot player that that Spurs have perhaps ever had, uh, at least to my memory. And, and we're talking about two guys that are only using their left feet for, for some odd reason. Um, yeah. Look, I, some play, some players favor one foot. We, we get that, but um, it has been interesting to watch Kulisevsky Like Kulisevsky to me has almost been like a winger that just does hold up play now like he, he's so good at holding the ball up and waiting further and we saw that uh in the last match before the break um you guys have to remind me who it was against because my brain is fried because it's a monday evening when we're doing this podcast but he he was in that game so long and holding play up and it was just like that was all he was needing to do then in, in that match it was great yeah thank you the Luton match um where, you know, we're just trying to hang on for dear life, down a man and hang on for, 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 for a three points. And he was just like, you know, he was using, I, I guess, Dakota, how many lungs, four, six, eight lungs to, to, to really battle through it all. So.
2: We'll have to ask him uh, yeah. Well, you know what he, his holdup play is excellent. And that's why he was the sole attacker left on the pitch. Uh, at the end of the game and was having to yep. do all of the offensive work by himself. Um, you know, part of me wonders, is he working on getting better at his right foot and that, and, and that's just where all of his attention is like in training. And that's why he's not confident and ripping those shots like normal. You know, I don't know what it is, um, but I hope that it gets figured out and that he is able to get back in the goals um, because we're we're going to need him. It's not a question of, if we need him, I hope he steps up. It's, we absolutely need him, especially come turn of the calendar year. Um, those games are not going to get any easier and they're not going to get any further apart. And we're going to need goals from elsewhere um, because as we all know, Youngman son is a streaky goal scorer and they're going in right now, which means they're not going to go in at some point and we're going to need but we're going to need players to fill that void. And Dan Kulisewski was bought for that reason.
0: Well, even if Sun's goals did continue to come, he's still going to be missing a few games anyway because of the, uh, the Asian cup coming up in the spring. So yeah, we have to, we have to get some goals from other players during that period one way or another, literally.
1: Yeah, there's no question. And I also think the other thing with Kulisevsky is that, you know, this maybe we should credit a little bit. I don't want to credit too much, but credit a little bit just opposition for shutting that, you know, left-footed curler to the back post down because that's we've we've kind of harped on the fact for weeks that that's been that is the day on move, but that's his his only move, and it's become predictable. And teams are starting to step to that foot and and shut it down and force him to do something else. There were a few instances in this instances in this match against Fulham where it did look like he had the opportunity to take a, take his chance and take a shot uh, with either foot and just didn't do it. It's almost like Spurs were trying to, at times it looked like they were trying to dribble the ball into the net, Um, which to be fair, there might've been an instance where they could have done it because they were, that's the other thing from this match that I I think I wanted to take away is that um, Fulham are, very full of me. They're just not they're not great. And that's fine. You have to beat who's in front of you. You know, Spurs are coming off that win over Luton. They've they've beat, you know, who was it? Sheffield United and uh they, they've beaten some lesser opponents. Let's just let's just call a spade a spade. I think we we've all harped on that. But that is part of this. You've got to beat who's in front of you. I'm I'm really interested in, in what you guys think about you know we we spent this entire international break and the the entire time there was, you know, Spurs were at the top of the table, but the the I guess the national and for lack of a better term, international conversation was all about, well, who are the real title contenders? We've now reached the second international break. Eight games have been played. It's still very early, obviously. Um nine games after today have been played. Spurs remain at the top. That there's this buzz now that this team is starting to gain. And All of that, I think, is down to Ange Postacoglu. I think there's no doubt about it. But the start that they've made is actually, it's starting to wake some people up to the idea that, oh, maybe this is is not just a flash in the pan. Maybe this is something a little bit more.
2: Andrew, are you asking?
1: No, I'm not. I'm not. I'm not asking that.
2: (laughs) But but, we all all know it's not going to happen. There's absolutely no way. But could it? Like, could we?
0: <laughs> well,
1: I mean, listen, this is a team that sits at top of the table after nine matches on 23 points. Uh, they have the same goal differential as the team right behind them, Manchester City, at 12. There's only one team with a better goal difference, and that is Newcastle, and they sit sixth. <laughs> so, like, they're winning games. Like, Like, this game against Fulham was a comfortable win to me. At no point did I feel, you know... From, from Jump Street, the first 20 minutes was weird because it was very dominated by Spurs and the shots on goal were Fulham 1, Spurs nil, And it was like, really, really? that's weird. And Vicario made that great save, I think it was in like the 12th minute or so, uh, on the header. And he, I think he made one more, really one or two more in the second half that were really good saves. Um, but there was never really a serious, serious threat. And we saw... You know, Carlos Vinicius, the the former Spurs man, get yanked off at halftime in favor of Raul Jimenez. And um I just like there's not a lot there, there's not a lot of there there. This this felt comfy. This felt like a comfortable win. And even when you look back at some of the matches Spurs have already played, like I won't say that the Liverpool game was comfortable. That was obviously anything but, but you know what? I would say that the Arsenal match for what it was for a two, two draw away that felt like a comfortable two, two Um, these other matches that, that, that Spurs have won. I mean, go all the way back to, to the second game of the season and the Manchester United win the first home match. That was a comfortable, comfortable game. They've won a lot of these matches comfortably and I'm not trying to lull myself into any false sense of security, but when I look at what this team has ahead of it, this, this, I'm not saying could we, but I'm just saying people are going to start taking notice of what's going on here. And I think that that's kind of cool.
2: Yeah, I hope so. And the underlying numbers kind of point to it too. We're averaging 2.2 goals a match. That's that's good enough for fourth in the league. We're averaging 0. 0.9 goals conceded per match. That's good enough for second best in the league, 61 ish percent average possession third in the league, joint top for clean sheets with four. Uh we've got the most non-penalty xg goals created in the Premier League cuz we have zero penalties on the season with it's just over 18 is our xg. So we've got most shots on target average per game in the league, third most big chances created. I could keep going. This like it's this is not like we're sustaining this over 9 games and I, I think the one argument that I've seen the most is well look at look at you who you've played. You gotta play who's in front of you. And I, I,
1: I do think that's significant though. But but uh, but yes, you've gotta play who's in front of you.
2: And and we're taking care of business. And we've done it against the ones who've mattered. We played Manchester United, we beat them. We went to Arsenal where we've not that's been a a, a bogey place for us. We've not what won there outside of the one league cup game in like 20 years or something, 10 years, something like that. And then we all know what Liverpool has done to us for a decade. And we pulled that out. And So things that are happening are significant and I don't think that they're to be overlooked. Um, but if we've got to continue this for as long as we need to, for other people to take notice, I think it's going to happen.
0: Yeah, I, I get frustrated with that argument about who we've played so far because either way you look at it, we've gained points over fixtures from, you know, the same fixture from last season. So, you know, these are teams that we were not getting it done against last season and now we are. So either way you look at it, that's improvement. I think the one thing that keeps me from being like totally gung-ho about calling us title challengers is that, you know, our, our regular starting lineup, give or take a player here or there are getting it done consistently. And I think they look really good. I think though that when we've seen kind of a lot of changes, like for example, in the cup game against Fulham, and then now in the second half of this new game against Fulham, um, where we basically had a new midfield and forward line, we did not look as good. Um, so I'm not quite sure that the system directly translates to the sort of you know b team if you want to say that uh so that's the only thing kind of giving me pause like if we did have some major injuries or even you know when we have those international tournaments in the second half of the season where we're going to be missing some key players that could be when the the train kind of derails but at the same time it might not
1: it might not you're right and if you look at this you know, this upcoming schedule, which by the way, we do need to talk about a fixture change that happened in early December, which is just preposterous. I don't know if you guys saw this, Um, but they moved the Manchester city match to the Sunday uh, from the Saturday, which means Spurs will play Sunday, December 3rd at Manchester city and then turn around and play at home against West Ham on Tuesday, December 5th, which is absolutely like, the Premier League can absolutely get fucked for that. Um, I'm sorry. They just, they can. That's horrendous. Yeah. Horrendous don't job. I don't think you don't, it's going to stay. You don't think so?
2: No. I think we'll get moved to the Wednesday at least, if not the Thursday.
0: I well, haven't and then, but, it yet. But, but, but then there's another today. game on
1: Saturday. There's another game the following Saturday. Wednesday. Apparently
0: we're not the only club that's in this sort of one day of rest situation. And if Liverpool is one of them clock, will complain until it gets changed. So don't worry guys. <laughs> It'll be well, fine. I know
1: one man that will not change, uh, will, will not complain and that's Ange like Ange will just say, roll the ball out there. We'll, we'll be there. You know, wh- whoever's, whoever's got um, any kind of strength in their legs to do it, he'll, he'll go out there and do it. But the upcoming schedule is, is, it is it's it is what it is. I mean, we talked about it. It's Palace this Friday away. Never an easy game, but a game that you should expect to get a result from going to Selhurst. Um, and then, honestly, the game after that is the one that I am potentially most looking forward to on the schedule. N- Monday, November 6th is the home game against Chelsea. Now, this is another weird scenario where we're going to get... we This week, we got the last match of the game week. Next week, we're getting the first... The following week, we're getting the last once again. It's that Monday match. But that is a obviously massive match. And that's a team that I don't want to say they're starting to come along. But we saw what they did against Arsenal this past weekend. They blew a 2-0 lead um, and ended up getting only a point from that match. But they are starting to look a little bit better. But everyone knows why we will look forward to that match and look forward to hopefully a full three points from that match. Um, But after that, a trip to the Molyneux which is never easy. I don't know why, but it's never easy for any team it feels like to go to go and play at Wolves. And then you get Villa at home and Villa are I don't know what to make of Aston Villa right now, but they Unai Emery is just doing work. Um, and then the and then it's the Manchester City game, the West Ham game and Newcastle games the, the, into early December. Like those are the schedule for, for those who don't think we've played anyone. Give me a few weeks. You'll see like, and, and we'll all see. And and maybe it all falls apart. Maybe we're talking, you know, this time in, in mid December and this team is all of a sudden sitting sixth in the table and, you know, has fallen off the pace. I don't know. But for now, like you said, Dakota, you can only play who's in front of you and it's been fun thus far.
2: Yeah. Um, for now, like, I don't know let's focus on dropping a point first or drop, you know, getting a thing in a loss column. Cause we don't Couldn't have a,
1: No, we sure don't have it. You
2: know, do either of you guys have uh, the number for the Arsenal Invincibles? I just want to talk to him. I just want to talk to him. I don't,
0: Dakota, you're tempting fate big time right now.
1: <laughs> this, is, this is uh, see the, the the regular listeners of the depot will know this act, but if any of any of our newer listeners who don't get to hear Dakota on the pod as much as the, as we would like to hear him, they just know <laughs> that this is like the, the poking of the bear is very um it's very, very entertaining and I, I do enjoy it quite a bit. Um anything else we got for this men's game, guys? I this this was like I said, comprehensive. It, this this was this was the um the, the it's a game of pressing and that's all this team's doing. And I love it. Like give me excitement, give me exciting, pressing football and score your opportunities from there. But that's what, that's what summed this team up for me so far. And it's fun to watch.
2: Yeah. We're, we're nine games in to a new regime. Uh, an argument can be made that our players don't even actually know the system as well as they could or should. Um, which sounds ridiculous because like I said, we haven't lost a game uh, in ninety minutes yet, so that's exciting. But also, uh, like we saw, some players are picking it up a little faster than others, so everybody can get on board. That would be wonderful.
0: I mean, when that's you a want to call point. out
1: my name there? Jeez, that was that was <laughs> very. Uh... No.
0: I I do think though it is good to. Reiterate that this is very early in the Ange era, and I don't think any of us foresaw this happening. You know, still being unbeaten at this stage, um, and especially you know playing some of those opponents like the United, the Liverpool, the Arsenal that usually give us trouble. So I'm just I'm just trying to focus on being thankful and happy about where we are at, and not looking too far ahead. Just taking one game at a time, as they say.
1: I mean, honestly, we're on 23 points through nine games. If we were on almost half that, if we were on 12 points like Chelsea were right now and sitting 10th, I wouldn't have been surprised. But yeah. we're not. That's not us. But it, couldn't, you know, couldn't be it, us.
2: It helps when everyone plays their worst game of their lives against us every week. So if they can keep doing that, that'd be great, too.
1: Yeah, we'll take it. We'll certainly take yeah. it. Um, let's let's talk about this Tottenham for women's team because... Also kind of amazing. (laughs) Like there's no other way to put it. Like it's another new manager implementing a system and it working type of scenario. Now, much smaller sample size, uh, only four games for the women thus far. But this most recent one against Aston Villa is just another example of relentless pressing and a couple of players just totally balling out. Uh, The Martha Thomas show just continued a hat trick. Um, and after falling down, after allowing a penalty within the first few minutes of this match, Caroline Spurs women just didn't give a fuck, and they just came out and banged goal after goal after goal. And we're like, no, we're we're not messing around here. We're taking this match on the road. Uh, they win, kind of going away four two. It wasn't even that close. It was it was four one until Villa got a goal late. But um, Martha Thomas scores three, and Ash Neville gets on the board as well with her first of the season um i know we're going back a little bit because we both we both watched this early early saturday morning this was especially early for your boy this was a 4 30 a.m kickoff that i just so happened to be awake for on a saturday morning and watched but um what was your what was your takeaway from this this was this was fun right
0: isn't that glorious that we're having fun with this team after such a just dreadful into to the last season, you know, I mean, we stayed up, but that was really the only nice thing you could say about Spurs women at the end of, of last year, I guess also huge praise for Beth England as an individual, but as a team, things were looking dicey and I, yeah, I just can't believe that they're playing as well as they are kind of like with the men's team. Like I'm, I'm shocked that we're already, you know, have reached this amount of progress in such a short period of time with a new manager and Aston Villa you know this is a team that I myself thought would be doing a lot better than they are right now a lot of pundits thought they would be in a lot better position you know I think our our kind of roles would very much have been expected to be reversed at this point Um, but you're right like after having another early setback like we did in the past game they just you know took no prisoners basically and Martha Thomas, especially, like she was just on a one woman campaign to win us that game. And I think she's, she's really just been a, a revelation for me, like how hardworking she is, her kind of, how do I say this, like her, her variety of goal scoring techniques. Like she, she just has really surprised me. Like there's no other way to put it. Um, and just great to see. Ash getting on the score sheet for the first time this season, too, um, off of a cross from Jess Naz, who I think has really started to come into her own this season, finally, which is beautiful to see. Um, and those are, you know, two of the, the longest tenured players with Spurs women. So for them to be like adapting to this new um, Robert Ball or whatever you want to call it uh, on the women's side is is really great.
1: The the thing that stood out to me about this match too you you bring up Ash Neville scoring a goal. We talked for the first few matches about how she was kind of relegated to more defensive duty and wasn't able to get as forward. In this match, that was different. I mean, she was she was up in the attack and really going forward um, and obviously, you know, reap the reward from that too.
0: I think we're seeing that because it feels like the center back partnership is feeling a lot more solid now after a few games. So they're kind of giving her that freedom to get forward and and Greg James on the right side as well. Um, Cause I think the center backs, this was probably their best game um, that they played together. Luana, especially this was kind of when I felt like she really arrived um, as a Spurs player. So yeah, that was, that was a really positive development. And, you know, with Jess Naz starting this game, which she, she had not started in the league yet. Uh, that saw grace clinton kind of move back into the 10 role which was interesting because we'd kind of seen her playing that role like at the end of games after some subs had been made but not not for an extended period of time so um oh and also i guess that's the only news that we that we have for this week is that grace clinton got her first england call-up uh which is really huge for her and actually a first for the club um for a current player to get their first senior England call up. So congrats to grace.
1: Yeah, very cool. When we look back at last season, you know, we're talking about, you know, nine points from, from four matches so far, which is, which is really cool. Last season, it was nine points from five matches. And it was that fifth match was that famous eight nil over Brighton. But after that is when things went haywire after that eight nil win over Brighton, it was nine straight defeat for Spurs women. This does not feel like something teetering over a cliff and getting ready to fall off it. This feels like something that's building. As we've said, it's, it's very weird for, for folks who follow both the men's and women's team, like to see the, they're both, they're, they're both very simpatico right now. Like it feels like, okay, we like what we see and we like that there's something building here but we're still a little bit apprehensive, but we want to believe. And that's, that's what I see with this women's team right now. Like they are, you know, they're, they're not the best, most talented team in the WSL by any stretch. They are very much probably on talent alone on paper, a very mid table run of the mill team. But right now they sit third and that is, you know, they would qualify for the champions league. Granted it's only four games in, but this is, cool and exciting and different, and it's not something that we were, I think, quite expecting is is the best way to put it.
0: Yeah. And, you know, we've also seen it like with the men's academy team, you know, we don't get coverage of the women's academy team, which is frustrating to me, but it's kind of the same thing we see just all across the club. It's a combination of improved coaching, improved morale, I think is really a huge factor here. So it, it does feel like the, the success that we've been having and the progress we've made feels a little more sustainable because there's actually like a legitimate foundation underneath it. And I think when it comes to the women's team, the thing that has really given me the most belief is the fact that we are scoring goals. Um, that was something that we just struggled to do period over our last, you know, every campaign we've had in the WSL so far as a club. Um, And already this season, we've scored, I think I I found out it was like 35% of our entire goal total from last season and just this first four games. So yeah, something's changing. I still think, you know, defensively, we have a little bit of work to do left, like set pieces continue to be a huge issue, but we're not conceding a lot of goals from open play. So that's reassuring. And it feels like we're getting closer to being at least you know, closer to those top teams in terms of like our playing style and our performances, if not the the talent level of our squad and, and the squad depth. I think that could be where our season, you know, potentially we could see issues is, is again, just the squad depth. Um, But we, we all know about the talent hoarding at the top four teams. So that, that is what it is, frankly.
2: Yeah. And I I think, you know, just like we've got to keep in in mind with the men's team with the women's team we're still we're four games into a new regime and i I, the this summer was uh i think a big one for the club but it's going to be you know the next summer is going to be even bigger because we're going to get to bring in some more talent we're going to get to have that depth maybe we can you know pick off one or two of those uh talents that are being hoarded at the top and and start to spread this a little more evenly and You know, Caroline, I don't I'm just as frustrated about the academy coverage um, because that's the type of club that we are across the board. Our academy is arguably the most important thing that we have. That's where we should be getting the bulk of our players from, Um, you know, whether that be for revenue, for buying better players or, you know, the pathway to the top. So hopefully our women's academy is looking as stacked as our men's academy um, because that is an exciting thing to look at. Um, but I think that this this coaching staff um, is really talented. And we talked about morale. I think some of it is a belief in yourself too. Um, you know, Jessica now is playing better already than she was. Um, you know, Ash Neville, continuing to be who she is, Grace Clinton coming in. And all of this is happening with Bethany England sitting on the bench. You know, we, we don't even have, you know, arguably our best player playing right now. So all that is really exciting and really encouraging and, um, you know, waves are being made right now, but it's still so early. I think we can make some bigger waves.
1: There's no question. Uh, to your point earlier, Caroline, uh, 11 goals so far in the WSL season, uh, which does lead the WSL in, in four games. And there were 31 scored all of last season. So you're talking about a third of the goal output in four matches. It's just, it, it is incredible. Um, it is, it is really remarkable. Uh, yeah, you did mention, we, oh, go ahead.
2: If we score four goals a game, we can afford to have a little bit of a leaky defense. So Oh, no
1: question. Yeah. I'll just keep
2: scoring four goals a game.
1: You, you you'll definitely get away with it if, if if you do that for sure uh you mentioned the call up for grace clinton it is international break time for the women's side uh the next match for spurs women is sunday november 5th against everton uh we did however get the the confirmation this week from the club that the north london derby that will be played in december will be played at the tottenham Hotspur stadium so that is good news uh we love to see that that match is currently scheduled for Sunday, November, excuse me, Sunday, December 17th. Uh, and so we'll see if that sticks, but they are planning to play that game at the big stadium, which will be nice. Um, and I think if if, if, my, if my records show, that will actually be the second straight match against Arsenal because they play them in the League Cup uh, midweek that same week. So a double North London Derby week for the women's side coming up in December, one of those matches to be played at the Tottenham Hotspur Stadium, which is really quite cool and uh we will we will look forward to that as well um that's I think gonna do it for us here at the depot, unless you guys had anything else we we this this whole Monday thing we didn't really like we normally do a nice little rundown and we run through things, and today we're just kind of winging it because we've all got lives and busyness and we're throwing it together we're gonna do the probably something very similar on on friday or saturday uh following the men playing against crystal palace uh the women of course will have the weekend off because it's the international break as i mentioned but uh we're gonna get get together you guys are getting a double depot week uh another pod later this week after the men play and then then it'll be another wait till the following monday <laughs> for that chelsea match so the the premier league is is really screwing us up with the schedules but uh it, it is it is kind of what it is at this point. Um, yeah. We're just gonna keep the vibe vibes rolling. I know that. It's, it's as long as Spurs keep winning, I'll talk about it on a on a Wednesday, on a Tuesday. It doesn't matter. I'll all the days I'll talk about all the all the, the winning happening.
2: All the days. We'll uh it we'll let it slide this time, Premier League, but if it happens again, get a strongly worded letter from the depot.
1: Yeah, and don't make us don't make us play on a Sunday and then a Tuesday. What the hell? Come on. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, looking ahead. I'm looking ahead and trying to plan things and I'm like, wait a second, that, that can't be right. That's gotta be a mistake. But no, you know, that's up right now, the last,
0: the last wait wasn't so bad because we had a, a three game Spurs women week and we're about to have no Spurs football <laughs> period. So that's going to suck.
1: It's ridiculous. It's absolutely ridiculous. Uh, that, that will do it for the Depot for the week. We'll be back with you later on to talk Hopefully, about another three points for the man against Crystal Palace, uh, a, a game that I always kind of await with bated breath. That always is like one of those that could be a that could be a slippery one, but we will we will find out. We'll 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 figure that out. Dakota, did you have something else?
2: Yes, uh, I just wanted to send a, a special support and commiserations to our friends in San Diego, who are without a doubt uh, mourning the loss of a great club in san diego loyal um there are many people mourning along with you because lower league soccer is good for this country it's good for people who enjoy soccer and the people in san diego and and all across the country being robbed of that um so andrew you don't have to talk about whether or not you're upset that it happened or how it happened (laughs) But uh we know that you'll miss the loyal just as much as, as the rest of us. So special uh shout out and support to those those friends of ours.
1: There's there's no question. As I, I will say, as someone who has attended a game in San Diego and experienced it, it just sucks to see something like that go away. Uh the fan base there is incredible. Uh, the supporters are delightful. Um we of course have one on this podcast uh in in todd who i know is is you know it's tough and we we do support those kinds of things around here so i'm glad that you shouted that out uh yes the san diego loyal uh saw their season and existence come to an end last night at the hands of my local club phoenix rising and that uh never should have happened because that that's a team that should be continuing on but the the, the fans there will, will have an MLS team to hopefully perhaps get behind and we'll see what what develops out of that. But uh, loyal loyal fans will be just that. I know that. Uh, and uh, shout out to all of them. I'm glad you brought that up at the end of the pod today. So uh, we'll be back with you guys next week. Uh, you can follow Caroline at CG Stefco. Follow Dakota at Dakota J Booth. Follow me at A You can follow us at Tottenham Depot on your Twitters, on your instagrams your ticks and talks all the places uh go there follow us reach out we'll be back with you next week until then as always come on you spurs